Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend JFK Mensah, a seasoned Bible teacher with over 40 years of ministry experience. He is a pastor, a church planter, a missionary, and an international conference speaker. He is passionate about making Christ-like disciples worldwide. JFK Mensah is the General Overseer of Grace Commission Church International. May you be transformed as you listen to the Word of God. Minister to us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. What will it cost you to be like Jesus? Many times when we talk about the cost of discipleship, our first thought goes only to money. But in 1 Samuel 15.22, Samuel explained to King Saul that obedience is better than sacrifice. It is more important to be like Jesus than to pay any money or even be killed for his sake. If your character is a shame to him. This is the reason why I want to spend today looking afresh at Christ's likeness. We need to understand that the way Coca-Cola has spread throughout the world or the way every village in Ghana knows about MPP and NDC, there is something God wants to spread. There is one person God is interested in spreading. That person is Jesus Christ. In John chapter 12 verse 31, Jesus said, And I, when I am lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. John 12 31. Now is the judgment of this world. Yes. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Yes. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. And I, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. The power which draws people is when we lift up Jesus. The only life which pleased God on this earth, out of the over 3,000 people in the Bible, is the life of Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, after his baptism, the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord descended upon Jesus, and a voice from heaven boomed, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Matthew 3.16 And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straight away out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. You know, for a long time, whenever I read this passage, 
I don't know why my mind was so funny. I thought that it was when Jesus finished his work that God was pleased with him. This is at the baptism of Jesus. It means the first 30 years of Jesus, God put a stamp upon it before even the anointing which broke him forth as Messiah to Israel came. Is somebody listening to me? God was pleased with Jesus before he was baptized. In Matthew 17, verse 5, we are told at the transfiguration on the mountain that Moses and Elijah appeared with Jesus. And Peter was so moved that he said, Lord, let's put up three tabernacles, one for Moses, one for Elijah, one for Jesus, so that we can have three chapels. And a voice from heaven boomed and said, I know there is Moses. I know there is Elijah. But this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Matthew 17, 5. While he yet speak, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud, which said, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. We, hear him. we human beings always fall into the trap of Peter. We take Benihim, and he is our idol. We take Billy Graham, and that's our idol. But God is not interested in spreading individuals. He is only interested in spreading Jesus. Any movement, any church, which rises to the place where the people in the church, the movement, the fellowship, are worshipping their leader more than Jesus, God turns away from the group. It will cause God to leave. Therefore, Want us to take a closer look at the person we are calling Jesus Christ. It is important because you can never be like Jesus if you don't know the things which made Jesus Jesus. The core values, the beliefs, the things he was so convinced about. If you don't know those things, you can never be like him. Because you don't know the drivers, the things which moved him, the things which caused him to speak the way he spoke, to, to reason the way he reasoned, to do the things that he did. And it's difficult to try to reduce Jesus to just core convictions. But the reason why he was born and grew up as a human being is because God wants us to see him as he is and imitate him as he is. Christ-likeness really means you are reflecting Jesus Christ in every area of your life and situation. Your thoughts, your feelings, your actions and reactions, your attitudes, your priorities, your convictions, your character and lifestyle. This is what we mean by Christ-likeness. You see? Because Christ-likeness is not just doing miracles. It is not just loving one another. It goes beyond that. It is important for us to understand, to be persuaded 
that God's eternal purpose and program is that you should be like Jesus. He said in the Romans 8, 28 to 30 that, for we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. For those whom God did foreknow, He predestined that they should be conformed to the image of His Son, so that Jesus will be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. I am so excited whenever I see two brothers or sisters looking alike. Because it reminds me of how God expects me to look like Jesus. God is determined that you should look like Jesus in a way that when people see you, they can say, ah, please, excuse me, do you know the man called Jesus? So he's my big brother. Oh! Because Acts chapter 11, verse 26 and 27 tell us that Barnabas and Saul guarded the church in Antioch and for a whole year they taught them the Bible. And it was in Antioch that the disciples were first called Christians. It's a Greek word, Christianus, meaning like Christ. Acts 11.26 And when they had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that the whole year they assembled themselves with their church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. You know, <laughs> when we went to Scotland, Aberdeen, that was the time of the American elections. And some of the guys there were so glued to Obama, President Obama, that they said they valued him more than Jesus. You see, we are tempted, but you have to make up your mind. It is the duty of the Holy Spirit to conform us to the image of Jesus. Any Christian, you have become a Christian for one year, two years, five years, ten years. You are not becoming more like Jesus. You must know you are resisting the Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit's job is to bring you to the point where you are from one degree of glory to another becoming like Jesus. That's his job. And in the future, when we meet Jesus, the Bible says we shall be like him. I don't know whether you've ever thought about it. Have you ever sat down? You know, this is why youth waste their lives. When you see anybody who has crossed 50, 55, 60, our conversation is different. We don't talk about the things you talk about. Yes, because we, we have been brought to the place where you see that you are facing forever. You see, you are rubbing your hands on the grave. You will also soon go. As bury each friend, classmate, family member of yours, you know that the roll call is coming closer and closer to you. And you ask yourself, where am I going to spend forever? And the Bible says that now we are children of God. But when we see Jesus, we shall be like him. Because we shall see him as he is. 
And anyone who has this hope in himself purifies himself as he's pure. Now, God's standard for the Christian is be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Matthew 5, 48. Ephesians 4, 32 says, forgive as God forgave you. John 15, 9, 11 says, we should love one another as Christ loved us. John 14, 12 he says that we should do the works that Jesus did. And in John chapter 17 and verse 18 and John 20, 21, Jesus said that, just as the Father sent me, so send I you. So send I you. And the Bible says in 1 John 3, 3 that we should be pure as Jesus is pure. 1 John 2, 6 says we should walk as Jesus walked. 1 Peter 2, 21 says that this is the reason you have been called. Christ suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should walk in his steps. And Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30, Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. It means we are yoke fellows with Jesus. And 1 John 3, 8 to 10 is terrible. It says anyone who continues in sin is from the devil. And this is the reason Jesus appeared, to destroy the works of the devil. And not only that, he says no one born of God continues to sin. He cannot sin because God's seed lives in you. One of the things which we all struggle about is, yes, that's Jesus. If you go to a typical Sunday school and ask the people, who, who is your favorite character in the Bible? Then they all raise their hands. Moses, Joseph, Daniel, and uh, what? David, and Samuel, and Paul, and Peter. Nobody says Jesus. Is it not a shame, Sunday school teacher? The most prominent character in the Bible, Jesus. We don't teach our children to say, I want to be like Jesus. We rather teach them to be like David. You want them to get Bathsheba, somebody's wife, and kill the man? Eh? We want them to be like Moses. You want them to be like somebody who kills someone in Egypt and runs away and strikes the rock twice so that he doesn't enter Canaan? Eh? Is that what you want for your children? You see? But many people, pastors included, their minds tell them that I can't be like Jesus. And because of that, they rule it out. You see, the fallen nature from Genesis chapter 3 tells us that man is bad. Not only is he bad, we are slaves to sin. And Romans chapter 7 verse 14 and 20 say that, In me there is no good thing. The, I want to do good, but the power to do it is not there. I want to stop the bad thing, but the power to stop is not there. So I see that in me there is a law of sin, a principle of sin. So that all the time I want to do good, there is evil around me. And when I want to stop evil, I see that I don't have that ability. But look at God's provision in Christ Jesus. He has given us exceeding great and precious promises. Let's, let's take time to look at the things which made Jesus Jesus. When I was at Hokwe, a certain lady who was worshipping voodoo came 
for deliverance and prayer. And she told us her story. She said that the voodoo she worships, when it is the annual festival, they boil yam and stew and they pour it on the ground, in the mud, and mix it with that. And they who are the fetish priestesses, they eat that with the mud and dust and everything. Because that's how to serve their God. Now, understanding where a person is coming from explains why he behaves like that. When we were at Hohwe, I was called to pray for a certain man. What was his problem? He took his axe and then bang, 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 bang. He cut the windows and then the door. And then hey. So I went to pray with him and I asked him, why are you doing this? He said, I see the evil spirits coming to arrest me. They are coming. So I take the axe and I cut them. Not knowing that in trying to cut the evil spirits, he is cutting his own windows and doors. But he is seeing something. That's why he is doing what he is doing. We have to understand why Jesus did the things he did. What were his core convictions? If we do and aim at those, we shall be like Jesus. I have put down for you what I consider the most important core convictions of Jesus Christ. A conviction or value is anything you don't only believe but you are prepared to die for it. The first one I put there is intimacy with God and Jesus' passion for God. Jesus said in John 4.34, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. He told us in Matthew 22, 37-39 that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And he himself said in John 6.38 that I have come to this earth from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of my Father who sent me. He said in John 8.29 that my Father who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone because I do always the things which please him. You see, we like to do what pleases us, but not Jesus. He, he disciplined himself to do what God likes. And it's a heart issue. He has such a hunger and thirst for God. Lord Jesus. You see him and you see that he is always after his father. My father. My father, my father. You remember when he got lost in the temple and his mother and father got there after three days and rebuked him. Son, your father and I have been searching for you all this time and you have been sitting here. He said, why did you search for me? Did you not know I must be in my father's house? At age 12, he recognized his father's house. We, by age 12, we are playing the match. You see? Look at the commitment like this. But it's not only that. He had passed him. You see, there are some people, the way they are worshipping God, 
You can see there's no passion. <laughs> we have been reading through the Samuel and King in their family. And when David was bringing the ark of God to Jerusalem, he was dancing and leaping and, you know, turning around in front of the ark. When Solomon was bringing the ark of God into the temple, he was sacrificing a lot of sheep and cattle beyond number. Nobody danced. That's what you mean by passion. <laughs> you see? David had passion for God. He says, as the deer pants for the living stream, so my heart pants for you, O Lord. Solomon had sheep and sacrifice to offer, but no passion for God. This is why women were able to turn away his heart. Do you have passion for God? You see, what's your passion in life? And look at Jesus. But not only that, Jesus lived his life in reliance upon the Holy Spirit. Way from Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. Yes. Isaiah chapter 11, from verse 2. Yes. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Did you hear that? The Spirit of the Lord shall do what? Rest, rest, rest upon him. Even if you go to somebody's house and he receives you well, you rest. If he doesn't, you want to leave quickly. Because he hasn't given you a chair. And he, he shows you that, you know, this is not your resting place. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Yes. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. In Isaiah 61, let's read verse 1 and 2. Isaiah 61 verse 700 years before Jesus was the born. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Yes. Because the Lord has appointed me to, anointed, anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captive. You can never be a successful Christian if you don't walk with the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 4, verse 1, verse 2, and verse 14. Tell us that. Luke 4, 1, 2, and 14. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. Some of us are full of envy. Some of us are full of love for money. Some people are full. The Bible, Second Peter two forty, he says, eyes full of adultery. Some people are like that. When they look at you, their eyes tell you, come and sleep with me. You see, but Jesus was full of the Spirit of God, and he was not only filled; he was led by the Spirit. And verse fourteen. Verse 14 says, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. These days we believe in using posted Facebook to bring our fame. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. He said in Matthew 12, 28, that I cast out demons 
by the Holy Spirit. You see, we have just been told about Luke chapter 10, verse 21. Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit. His birth was by the Spirit. His anointing was by the Spirit. His adoring to Israel was by the Spirit. His ministry was by the Holy Spirit. And his death on the cross, Hebrews 9.14 says, it was by the Holy Spirit that he offered himself. His resurrection was by the Spirit. Romans chapter 8 verse 11 says, God raised Jesus from the dead by the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8 verse 14 says, as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Jesus depended on the Holy Spirit. He was moved by the Holy Spirit. Brother, sister, if your life is not filled with the Spirit and led by the Spirit, you are not depending on the Holy Spirit, you can never be like Jesus. That's it. It's not because, oh, my church, they don't do that. That's not the issue. Is it your church which bought you with blood? Yes. And the third is the mastery and obedience to the Scriptures. Jesus mastered the Bible. You know, those days, in order to be called rabbi, you must be somebody who has, who has mastered the Bible. <clears throat> because rab means great one. Rabbi means my great one. <clears throat> and the Bible teaches who mastered the Bible, like Gamaliel and so on, they were called rabbis. But in John chapter 3 verse 2, the Bible says Nicodemus came to Jesus by night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher sent from God because no one can do the miracles that you are doing except God be with him. John 3 2. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest. Except God be with him. He told, Jesus mastered the Bible. He told the devil, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. It is written, you shall not tempt the Lord thy God. It is written, thou shalt serve the Lord thy God. Him only shall thou worship. Because he memorized the Bible. He believed the Bible. You can never be like Jesus. If you put your Bible under your pillow, and you don't read it, you don't master it, you don't memorize it, you don't study it, you don't immerse yourself in the scriptures. They cannot control you. Matthew 26, verse 24, Jesus says that the Son of Man is going as has been written of him. Matthew 26, 24, the Son of Man goes as it is written of him. But woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Then the prayer life of Jesus. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. You see, 40 days praying and fasting. When we read about the transfiguration, I like the way John wrote about Jesus because he's the son of God. Therefore, he doesn't waste time on his birth. Matthew wrote about Jesus from the angle that he is the king of the Jews, the Messiah. But Luke wrote about Jesus because he is the son of man. 
So it is Luke who captures the prayer life of Jesus for us. So if you read, let's look at a few. Just let's quickly look at a few. Let's look at Luke chapter 3. Let's read verse 20 to 22. Chapter 3, 20 to 22. Added yet this above all, that he shut up John in prison. Yes. Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was open. Look, look, look at this. When all the people were baptized, did they pray? Uh-huh. It came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying. You see, in Matthew, in Mark, in John, we just are told that heaven opened. And the Spirit came. But Luke said, Jesus was praying before heaven opened. Jesus was praying before heaven opened. Now, let's, let's take a few more. Look at the Luke chapter 5. We will look at verse 15 and 16. Luke chapter 5. Verses 15 and 16. Yes. But so much the more when they came abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. You know, when we become famous and everybody is searching for us, you stop your quiet time. You see, because everybody is searching for you. People are calling you at midnight, 1 a.m., text message, free, uh, uh, what? free call, and things. So people, you are, you are becoming famous, and everybody is calling you, and you are on television. But Jesus, <laughs> great multitudes came to hear him and be healed. He was withdrawing himself into the wilderness to pray. And so, after this, what happened? Verse 17. Verse 17 says, and it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee, yes. and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. What I want you to notice is the bottom. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. Power doesn't just come. It comes from prayer. The Luke chapter 6, 12, 13, and 17. Luke 6, verses 12, 13, 17. And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples. That's 13. Yes, this is 12. And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Yes. And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples. And of them he chose twelve. You see, Matthew, Mark, and even John, they tell us Jesus chose his disciples. It is Luke who tells us he prayed before choosing them. <laughs> you see, we choose our friends just by heart. Or because, hey, this girl, hey, I like her part. She's like, Jesus prayed before choosing. And what happened in verse 17? And he came down with them and stood in the plain in the company of the disciples, and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem, and from the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him, and to be healed of their diseases. Please. 
I, I want to stop here. I have come to the conclusion that without spiritual growth and discipline that Christ should be formed in you, growth does not just happen. Growth happens because decisions are taken. My desire for you is that you have a lifelong commitment to Christ-likeness. And that your prayer life, your Bible mastery, your passion for God, your reliance on the Holy Spirit, your self-denial, your commitment to finishing the call of God upon your life will answer the high calling of God from heaven. So that the blood which was shed for you will not be wasted. Be the model at your school, in the marketplace, your workplace. Let people see you and say, do you know Jesus? I think you are the person who reminds me of Jesus more than anybody I have ever known. Amen. Follow JFK Men's Ministries on Facebook and YouTube and invite others to listen to his podcast. You can also access some of JFK Mensa's books and keep up with his ministry at www.jfkmensaministries.org. God bless you.